here we are, the new man at the helm, Todd Golden. What's going on? Is it is it like I'm sure when you when you took the head coaching job at San Francisco, the golden era? Like, is that like, <laughs> how, do you, <laughs> how do you feel about? Is it just like okay? Yeah, my name, play on words, like a double entendre. Like, what should, what yeah, should hey. how do you take that in? <laughs> you know, it's a, it, it was a nice little tagline to start, you know, a pretty creative, uh, you know, a creative slogan, so to speak, you know, getting going at San Francisco. And then obviously, because we had a little bit of success, it took off a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to be carrying it on here to, to right. Florida as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Is it, you know, how has, how have these last, a few days been I mean the turnaround from the last game the heartbreaking loss overtime Murray State to how what was that is that even a week ago a little bit over, a little bit less than a week it was less than a week ago it's tonight it would have been a week ago tonight yep like how has this these last few days just been it's gotta are you getting sleep or like the family Man. like <laughs> how's everybody doing right now you know what? It was. Uh, it, it's been an, first of all an amazing week, like uh, one that I, I know I simply will never forget. Uh, it's been overwhelming in a, in a good way uh, because really, when we touched down, we flew back to San Francisco last Friday morning, and we touched. When we touched down is when everything kind of happened in terms of the word getting out. Uh, that I was fortunate enough to get this opportunity, and I feel like it's kind of been nonstop since then. It was really you know last Saturday and Sunday just trying to get organized and get, you know, my family set up so we can come back, you know, come out here for the week. Uh, I tried to, you know, get with all my former players at San Francisco and make sure that they were in a good spot and feel, felt good about the, the future of that program. Then I had to talk to my staff there as well and, and make sure that those guys were situated in good spots. And so, uh, you know, that time went quick. And then we got on the plane Monday and came out here with my family and uh, my parents and Megan's parents. And uh, first of all, just blown away. Uh, you know, we, we expected – this to be a great place, but you know, since we've been here, uh, it, it's really been like a dream come true in the way we've been treated by not only everybody here on campus. I mean, they've all been great top to bottom, but the people in the community as well, uh, as you know, uh, the former players have welcomed me with open arms, you know, coach Donovan, coach Kruger, all, it just feels like, it just feels like the perfect fit to be honest. And, uh, it, it hasn't slowed down. Um, but that, that's not a bad thing. You know, I feel like we've uh, been able to accomplish a lot in a short period of time in terms of kind of getting some of the groundwork laid. And uh, I'm just really, really excited to be here, man. Well, you know, outside of, you know, obviously you, well, I, I don't want to assume, have you been to like a Gator football game in your life yet? No, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I spent my two years at Auburn, right? So I got like a little bit of a taste of the SEC. Uh, I haven't been to the Swamp yet, though, and uh, I, I can't wait. I just can't wait. Were the were the tight were they pretty good then? I know you, we know as of, as of late the uh, yeah. hasn't, football hasn't been too great. It, it was the year after they lost in the national cha- or yeah I think the year after they lost in the national championship game they actually got up to number four or three in the country and okay. then kind of tailed off at the end. But um, you know SEC football is a different beast, bro. It's oh, a man. it's a it's a pretty sweet and exciting uh, situation. And and honestly, one of the one of the many, many things that Megan and I and her family were excited about were football Saturdays. You know, oh, we didn't man. have those in the West Coast Conference. We didn't have a football team, you know. So uh, to be able to add that element to recruiting, to be able to add that element just to our life, you know, to be yeah. able to have some fun like that every, you know, for five or six Saturdays every fall, um, you know, we're just really looking forward to it. In in these, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when I when I was getting recruited, I grew up a Gator, man. You know, I was kind of kind of biased. My grandparents were diehard season ticket holders and oh, wow. football like their football 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 
I played baseball first, my first sport, that kind of that was the route I was going to take. And then I'd sprout up to six foot five and six foot nine and start getting some coordination. And all of a sudden, Billy Donovan's showing up at my yeah. high school. And I'm like, shoot, I can play basketball there. So before I even committed to him, I went to like seven different football games, man. I was like, oh, I'm really? going to my dad. <laughs> I'm going to take like, as many unofficial <laughs> visits as I can, coach. Unofficial. Yeah, they were, un they were all unofficials. But, you know, my dad. He's not huge into crowds and being at the foot in the sun, and but I I didn't care because this was these were the years with with Tebow, uh, Brandon James when he's running back kick returns all the time. So Percy Harvin like, was he part of the team then? Uh, was who? Percy Harvin. Oh that was yeah. one of my favorite college players of all time. Oh yeah, Percy Harvin. You know you you just it, it, you know a team is like elite when it's like when it comes to football when you're just holding your breath. Because you know any play can be like that big one to score a touchdown. Because Tebow sure. didn't have to rely on getting guys, you know, throwing them. It was like, hey, five yard route, slant, yeah. boom, <laughs> got you, dink, dunk, out of yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so man, like I was that 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 feeling. Like even after you know, Coach Dime didn't always want us to go to games or stuff, but we would we would post up in the men's facility, basketball facility, in that little area where we could hang. We just watch games and highlights and stuff right there. So uh you're you're in the right town um Dude, can't wait can't, have you got a chance to uh chat with coach napier um yet yeah you know what i met him uh yesterday i met him yesterday over at the football facility at the stadium and uh talk about a great downer dude you know he was super uh welcoming we talked a lot about uh you know just some of the things that he's implemented in his first you know couple months on the job and uh what, what i just really appreciate and and you know, I think people might get tired of me talking about my time at Auburn, but it is a way for me to parallel this opportunity for me. You know, Bruce did a great job in terms of building a relationship with Gus Malzahn when we first got there. And the football program and the basketball program weren't super, uh, they just weren't on the same page. And then Bruce did a good job. You know, the fact that Billy was so willing, uh, you know, to come and talk to me and, and welcome me to come to practice and, and welcome me to sit in a staff meeting and kind of hear how they operate. Uh, I'm going to be his biggest fan, man. I'm going to be over yeah. there all the time. You know, he, he's like, you can come out to practice. I was like, I'm going to take you up on that more than you probably want me to, you know, but I think it's really important uh, for both of us, you know, to have success is to make sure that each of us know that we have each other's back. And uh, I'm going to do that the best I can and make sure that all those guys know that our basketball program supports them quite a bit. Yeah, I think, I think, well, I've never been in that circle because I've never coached, but I, I think when it comes and you think about the university of Florida, you know, as Coach Pearl said about Auburn, Auburn has now become has become like an everything school. Right. Like it's not just we. You know, you know, there's the expectation for the football, the basketball, the gymnastics. You go down the line. Florida has been kind of that for a while. Obviously, right. there's it's, it's hit or miss on maintaining that greatness in marquee sports like football and basketball. But for coaches, for you guys, it's almost like you guys have the shared not say struggle or burden. But just just you know like hey exactly I'm, I'm supporting you because I know what you're what you're fighting to maintain every single day and I think you you got to have that because like no one else is going to get it better than especially being first year coach for coach Napier uh, but you have so many other guys to really rely upon so it's it's you know it's awesome it, it's no, really there's awesome. no doubt it, it really and you said it, it it's really there's some Obviously, there's a lot of great things, you know, about being able to be a head coach at a school like Florida, right? But at the same time, you know, there's going to be moments where it's not always great, and there's some things right. that aren't going your way. And uh, to know that you have that support uh, from someone who might be feeling some of the similar struggles or might be, or maybe have already gone through some of the things yep. that you're going through right now, 
uh, it's just, it's a good feeling to have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, from my experience of, of getting to know coaches here and like, yeah, I know it's, it's tight knit. I don't know if they like the guy, they get together or the families get together, but you know, you'll get, you'll get plugged in on, yeah. on that, uh, short, shortly. Is there, is there anything else, uh, in Gainesville that you've heard about that you're like, Oh, I can't wait to try go to that place or check this out. Like, did you know much about Gainesville other than, what they've done. You know, I just, I knew that these people, that they won a ton down here. And, uh, you know, we played down here, I want to say in January or February of 2015. Um, yeah. Okay. 2015 yep. with, with Bruce and, uh, coach Donovan was still here and, and crushing it. And, uh, I, it was, I just really appreciated the environment and the facility and the gym with the rowdies. Like they were crazy. They were on the court, like 50 to 60 minutes before the game, just yep. on our players' heads while they were warming up. Uh, and just like just the excitement and uh, I, I loved the feeling of the town at that point but now after being here for you know three or four days I'm actually even more surprised at how much is here it's it's not like it's it's a college town but it's not a small town I mean there's a lot of different things a lot of different restaurants oh man uh, you know what I mean it's just it's a it has that college town feel but not to the point where there's like oh there's only two places you can go eat right. and and feel good about it's a it's yeah. really, really unique that way. Just, just you wait till uh, Christmas break, and you'll be yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, there's, there's, there's no one here." Yeah. Um, but uh, I wish you could have seen campus when I when I was there in 2014. Like, it has changed so much. Like, so much has gotten knocked down and turned into student housing. The university has expanded, uh, crazy. But you know, when you when you go back and you reflect. And it's probably hard to kind of reflect right now because there's so much transition and things going on, making sure everybody's situated. You know, it, the last, I want to say, if I'm right, the last professional game you played was in uh, Maccabi Haifa. Was that yeah. the last like professional yeah. game? You know, yeah. we're, we're 12 years removed yeah. um, from that now. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just, I just, my, Israel was the last place I played, uh, but we can like, is it, is it kind of surreal um, just to think, you know, 12 years ago, you were you were 20 24 right. at that time and then it's like now you, you were the head coach three years San Fran and now like you're sitting as the head coach of University of Florida gonna be playing against one of your mentors uh one or two times a year and right, hey right. coach Pearl has never all of her Tigers have never beat the Gators <laughs> <laughs> no doubt hey, and they didn't do it this year either I watched that whole game yeah <laughs> so don't don't take it easy on coach pearl make sure John, trust me trust me there, there won't be any uh any punches held i promise you that is it is it surreal just to kind of you know you think about everyone that's helped you along the way and assist you to to become who like as you said in the press conference i'm taking pieces from here and there and i'm becoming my own guy and like you're here yeah like is it what's yeah. the feeling like no i mean it's uh it's definitely surreal. I mean, I've had to pinch myself a couple of times, you know, since I've been in Gainesville. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, as I kind of look back on these last 12 years and in, in the journey, so to speak, um, it, it's all connected. You know, it really is. You know, and it started uh, really in my time, as I mentioned, like when I worked outside of basketball for a couple of years. And a lot of the people that I worked with when I was at IMG, uh, you know, a lot of those people are like, sports administrators and athletic directors now and so that kind of helped me build my network and kind of gave me a great understanding of how college sports worked right not just like the x's and o's of basketball um but everything from budgeting to to the marketing and to fundraising and just kind of gave me a great understanding of the whole picture of college and then 
you know, moving on from those jobs to Columbia, you know, it, it was just a great start for me. It was, it's obviously a little bit of a lower level, uh, but you're at a high academic school and there's a lot of challenges. You don't have a lot of resources. You kind of have to scrap it out recruiting wise and, and really kind of get in the weeds to figure out which guys are going to work, which guys aren't. Um, and and it, I felt like that gave me a really good skill set to begin with. Right. And so had two great years there. And then I get, I make a huge move going from the Ivy league all the way up to the sec. And, and as you know, there's probably not two more different conferences in America than the Ivy league and the sec. Um, and, but, it, and again, it was an eye opener for me. I went down there and, and was blown away by the resources, uh, by the support, by the amount of people that actually care about winning and losing at that level. And the fans, uh, you know, sitting in a football stadium that had over 80,000 people, uh, it, it was just a completely different experience and learned again so much about relationships with donors, learned about recruiting in a different geographical footprint, um, obviously recruiting a lot higher level rated student athletes. Um, you know, guys like Davion Mitchell was a guy that I spent a lot of time recruiting yeah. that's had a great, great career uh, already in the NBA, drafting the top 10. Jared Harper, who ended up starting at point guard for their final four team. Anthony McElmore, probably one of the, my most favorite uh, young men that I've ever recruited that. Uh, and I'll, uh, Bruce will admit this. I had to beg him to take him. I had to beg him. I said, man, this guy's the dude. And uh, he ends up starting on their final four team, you know, and uh, it was just Again, just a great experience where I, you know, had gone from the Ivy League and the academic to more of the sports focused conference. And then uh, getting back out west to San Francisco, I felt was like kind of the blend of both. It was kind of a relatively good academic. Obviously, the West Coast Conference is really good. Top eight, nine basketball league in the country. Uh, I was comfortable there after playing at St. Mary's. It was my league. Uh, my former head coach is still coaching in that league. Yeah, was that was um, that kind of crazy the first like when you got the job and like, hey, because I'm going to see you two times. Every time. <laughs> Every time, you know, and Mark Few, he was, you know, he was coaching at Gonzaga when I was playing. And uh, so getting back in that league and uh, kind of cutting my teeth in a different way, I was an associate head coach right away. I had a lot of responsibility. I coached the defense all three years as an associate head coach, recruiting coordinator. Uh, coach Kyle Smith, who's one of my mentors, as we talked about, he just gave me so much responsibility because there was a lot of trust there. And uh, I felt like those three years, uh, really prepared me along with my time at Auburn and in Columbia to be a head coach. You know, I felt like I had a great feel and understanding of all the different moving parts within a basketball program. Uh, I felt like I learned different ways to, you know, find incremental advantages and do different things like that. And uh, when Kyle goes to got the Washington state job, uh, I was just super fortunate that I had a good relationship with our administration and uh, they knew that I had really good relationship with the players. And I think keeping that continuity was really important to them. Yeah. And uh, that was a big reason why I got the job. And, and sure enough, none of the guys left. And we were able to have win 22 games my first year. And, uh, you know, the rest is a little bit history. But it was a uh, it, it's been an incredible journey, man. And I think, you know, what we've been able to do, what we were able to do this last year at San Francisco, um, it was just special. And I think it's something that will always stick with me and will always be a great reminder that if you can get really talented kids to buy in and play together, and, and we're going to go for the best recruits we can. Don't get me wrong. But you, you, you want to have guys that really want to wear this jersey. You know, I yeah. think that's one of the most important things. And even if you take a kid that might be a little less talented than a five-star or whatever, if he's super passionate about making it work here, there's so much value in that in the year 2022 uh, oh, yeah. to have guys that are bought in and on the same page and pulling the same way. Um, it, it just excites me because I think we can use a similar blueprint recruit a little, not a little, but a lot higher level of a student athlete. And if we can keep them on the same page, 
we should be able to get it back to how, how we were when you guys were playing here, man. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of The Young and the Rowdies is sponsored by Honey, the easiest way to save money when shopping on your phone or your computer. Have you ever been in this spot? You're shopping for something online, you get to checkout, and when it asks you for a promo code, you start Googling, trying to find a way to save money. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is the free tool that scours the internet for you and finds the one that best fits your cart. Here's how it works. You're shopping, you check out, the Honey button pops up, you click apply coupons, you wait a few seconds, you watch the price you pay go down. I can tell you personally, almost every time that I shop, I have the Honey extension saved in there for whether I'm buying flowers, underwear, uh, things from whatever website it may be. Even if I don't find something that uh, can be discounted, Honey still will scour the internet for you to try to find something to make you feel a little bit better about that purchase you're about to make. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid in supporting this show. I never recommend something that I don't use. Uh, so Honey is something very high on my list, and I will never go without it. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash March Madness. That's joinhoney.com slash March Madness. Do you, do you have any idea? Because I, I can't imagine. Now with, and someone asked in the press conference of how you're going to attack recruiting, because there's, there's so many levels of it now. I know, I think about five, five guys, five or six guys cannot come back to Florida next year or, or, or whatever it may be. But yeah. now as a head coach, you, you got to think about high school kids. You got to think about making sure that the kids that you have, and like you just said, recruiting those high school kids that really want to wear the jersey right. because right. you can grab a kid and then they come and they're thinking about, oh, I'm not playing or this isn't working out the exact way I wanted it to. I'm out of here. I'm out of here, you know, yeah. keeping those. And then uh, looking at the transfer portal now, because like, what was it last year? Like 1,600 kids entered the portal. Like, yeah. do you, does it come with, as you, you build your staff first and then you you guys strategize on what you're going to do there? Like, I have no idea how you guys plan on <laughs> doing yeah. the recruiting stuff. I have no idea. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, it's going to be a balance of it all, to be honest. You know, as you mentioned, we're going to have some scholarships to use. Uh, we're going to have some flexibility in terms of the type of guys we want to add. And I, it really is. There's not like there's not a perfect formula to it, but I think we have a really good plan in the sense of what we want our roster to look like every year. And it's not always going to be perfect, but if we can kind of stay within the guardrails of what that looks like, uh, we'll be in good shape. And it, I think for me, when I think of how am I, how myself and my staff going to get Florida back to being a perennial, you know, second weekend to third weekend NCAA tournament team, you know, a team that makes a sweet 16 consistently has some runs to the lead eight final four, et cetera. Um, we have to do a great job here in state. I, I think that's one of the most important things. Uh, you know, I went down in the locker room yesterday and looked on uh, all the lockers. There's only two guys on the roster right now from the state of Florida. And, and that's something that, has to change, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that doesn't last very long. We, and again, I think it's something that, uh, there's plenty of talent in Florida. There's plenty. There's no question about it. You know, we have to do a good job keeping those guys home. We have to do a good job of making them understand why we're the best fit for them. Why wearing the Florida Jersey is important. I mean, to me, it's simple. You know, I, it's really not that hard of a sell. You know, you look at all these great players that have come through here in the last 20 years 
see the success that they've had at the NBA level. And then you walk around, you see it's a top five public institution in the, in the country. Yeah. I mean, it sells itself. Like this is a, I go back to when I was selling advertising for Comcast. Nobody wanted to buy my set, buy my ad space. I had to beg people. And now here I'm like, I have the best sell of all time. Like yeah. this is who wouldn't want, we're Jordan brand, dude. We get Jordans. Yeah. Like who's not trying to. Hey, I saw the shoes coach. What are you talking right? about? I see. I, I still, I don't have a pair. <laughs> I just want one pair and I will never ask again. Come, come back up, Jordan. come back up, man. We'll, we'll take care of you. Um, but like, it's a, uh, that it's, we just have to get that message out. You know, we got to make sure that everybody's well aware of that. And uh, I think there's going to be some excitement. I think people are going to like the way we play. I think people are going to want to be a part of that understanding that we have really good relationships with people in the NBA. We can open a lot of doors for these guys. And uh, you know, so again, that's going to be the focal point. And then all, after that, you know, I think regional recruiting is really important. You see some guys that have been in this program that have had a lot of success uh, that have come from out of state guys like Dorian Finney Smith, Corey Brewer, uh, just to name a few, you know, uh, Virginia, Tennessee, Brad Beal, St. Louis, Georgia, right? Like there's a lot of guys, um, you know, even guys from New York, right? Irving Walker, like there's guys from yeah. on the East Coast where we want to do keep these guys home and then we'll sprinkle in some regional recruits. I think, you know, we'll be able to recruit on a national level. This is a national brand. We can, yeah, we can recruit kids from California if I need to or want to. Um, I would prefer to just do it with kids from here and on the East coast, but if we have to go out there, we can, or Texas, uh, I think international is something that hasn't been hit on well enough down here. Uh, we have some really good relationships. I mentioned Jonathan Gavoni yesterday. He's a Florida grad. He's very tied in with the NBA draft, knows a lot of guys in Europe. Um, you know, and so we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled for guys like that. You know, I I've seen firsthand what international recruiting can do for us at San Francisco, but even at a higher level at Gonzaga, I mean, yeah. you look at some of the guys they've had Killian Tilly, Rui Hachimura, these guys are like top 15 picks coming from France, coming from Spain, coming from Germany. Like we have, we have to go over there and make sure that, that we're aware of all those guys. And then uh, after, you know, those elements in terms of the initial recruiting of you know, freshmen, I think the transfer portal is going to be here to stay. I mean, it's just something that's going to be here. I think some of the older generation of coaches are kind of turned off by it. But like I talked about yesterday, um, you know, the freedom of thought, for, for these younger guys is something that's been uh, been kind of hammered in the last couple of years, like giving them yeah. the opportunities to have a little more freedom. And, you know, I, I, I think it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's, it's something that can uh, be used to your advantage. If you can still find really, uh, really good players that have great attitudes that want to be a part of your program in the portal. And there's always different reasons as to why they don't have left their previous spot, but we had a lot of success in the portal last year at San Francisco. We got some yeah. really, really good players that got us over the top and got us to the tournament. So yeah. with a big combination of all those things, and then when you think about it, and this year we'll add, it'll be a little different, but generally you're only adding three or four guys every year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a numbers game, man. There's not, it's, it shouldn't be that hard. And uh, right. I, I'm not yeah. trying to minimize the challenge of, of getting this, you know, getting the recruits that we need to win, but I think if we work hard, which we will, and if we're smart about it and we're good at identifying talent, um, you know, it's something that we should be able to do. Well, it, I mean, you know it better than anyone else. You got to have guys that are bought into the system. For sure. And not bought in in a way. There's there's sacrifice for everyone. When it comes to college basketball, there's sac sacrifice for everyone for the greater good of the team. That's why it is basketball and not tennis or, or, exactly. yeah, tennis or golf or, golf or yeah. one of those those type of sports. but being, having guys that are bought into the system and understand and can be receptive to coaching 
Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, I was reading up on an article talking about your eye for recruiting, um, J- Jamari Bouye and, yeah. and Khalil Shabazz. Yeah. These are both guys that were not really on anybody's radar, you know, uh, and ended up becoming your, your one and two scores on, on the team, obviously leading close to top, top tier in the league and scoring. Like, how did you have an eye for, cause that's not nothing that you can't do now. Cause there's plenty of talent, like in the state of Florida right around that maybe some guys that are under the radar that can, like, I, I think you, you look at now Kowasi Reeves, he wasn't very high and you see he, he had like 10 or 11 DNPs this year. <laughs> He's a killer, man. I, I he's he's a baller, dude. I, I can't wait to get a, I can't wait to get on the floor with him. He's you know what? He's brilliant. I, I don't know how how well you know him, um, but just getting to know him and, and kind of learning more about him, talking to his father. He was recruited by Stanford, and uh, wow. let me tell you what I told him a couple of days ago. I said, "Man, I'm not used to coaching guys that are smarter than me, so you're gonna have to work with me a little bit and give me an opportunity to uh, make sure I can operate on your level." He started laughing, but. Yeah, no, with Jamari, for example, um, for both those guys, really, it was about relationships. It was about relationships. Yeah. Jamari came from uh, really a farm town about two hours south of San Francisco called Salinas, California, and uh, a really hard place to get to recruiting-wise. You either have to fly into San Francisco and drive or go to Fresno and drive. It's not, it wasn't easy for people to get to, but he won at an insanely high level in his league. It wasn't great competition, but a good school, and uh, he went to the same high school that one of my college teammates at St. Mary's went to, EJ Rowland, the guy that's played overseas for a number of years. I think he's 38 or 39 years old now, and he's still, I think, finishing up his career. And uh, EJ's father reached out to me and Kyle Smith at the time and was like, hey, we got a point guard down here. He doesn't look like much, but I'll tell you what, he's next up. You know, you guys got to come take a look at this guy. All he does is win, and he has a great mind, and he's just a really good player. So we go down and check him out. We watch him on the circuit. And he's one of those guys, he's not playing for – an EYBL team. He's not playing for the Adidas circuit. He's playing in all these uh, crusty back gyms with the teams with like the reversible jerseys and stuff. Uh, You know, just hooping though and winning every game. And at the time, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, he was probably 5'11", 145 pounds at the time. And uh, 145 pounds. Dude, he doesn't weigh. Yeah. He's he's still pretty skinny, (laughs) Um, but he, you know, but he was just serving everybody. And it was one of those things where you watch him enough and, you know, if you trust your, your gut and you trust your eye, uh, you know, you know he's good. He's just always making the winning plays. And so we're like, you know what, this guy, he, he needs to gain weight. He needs to get stronger. He might not be an instant impact guy, but we feel like the way we develop guys and the way we stick with them, uh, you know, that he has a chance to be great. And sure enough, he's one of the best stories in college basketball because he came in as a freshman, didn't play very much, you know, got through college year one. Didn't, didn't complain, didn't try to transfer, didn't, you know, blame others. He just put his head down. And then year two, he ended up being our, our first guard off the bench, playing about 23, 25 minutes a game on a really good team that won 22 games or something. And then when I got the job, it, I just brought him in. I'm like, dude, we're going to do this together. You're going to be my point guard. I'm going to give you the keys. You got, you got to go. And sure enough, you know, that's when he kind of took that jump of, of where everybody's like, wow, this guy, this guy can really play. And then in the COVID year, he, he was great. He was the best player on the floor when he beat number four, Virginia, uh, dominated those guys and had some really, really good games. And then after that year, it was, he was in a, uh, honestly a similar spot, like a Colin Castleton right now. Like, do I go, do I not, what am I doing? And, uh, I just told him, I said, listen, I think we can get this thing going to the tournament. If, if you come back, I can build it around you. 
And, uh, you know, I think you're gonna have the best year of your life. And I think you're gonna open some more doors for yourself. And sure enough, he comes back. Uh, we bring in a couple bigs, which we needed. And uh, we complete our team. And, and next thing you know, the guy's scoring 36 points in the first round of the NCAA tournament. He's going to get drafted now. I mean, he just is. He's going to get drafted, whether it's late first, early second. Um, he's earned that. And, uh, I mean, it just, it just shows. Relationships, like you said, though. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, that, that's my guy. That's yeah, my guy. He's a. Uh, and know that you're going to be a man of your word. And, like, you, and you, like that's what sometimes the kids miss. Like, the coaches want you to be just as successful as you do. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. We want, we want you to achieve. All, we're not, you know, coaches aren't trying to tell you to do certain things to make yourself look worse. Right. They want to help you highlight your strengths. And guess what? When we win, everyone notices. No everyone doubt. Notices. I, I'm just proud of him, man, because the night, the like two minutes before we walked on the court for the tournament game, I'm like, hey, go get it. Like, go yeah. get it. Like, be that guy tonight. And uh, it got off to a little bit of a slow start. But next thing you know, I'm looking down at the box score right before overtime and the dude's got 29. I'm like, oh, my, I didn't even know. You know, I was just like, I didn't even know. But then I I thought back. I'm like, dude, this guy has made every basket for the last like eight minutes of the game. It It was awesome. I was pumped for him. I wanted to ask you, I know you got a get a lot of questions on analytics, but. Uh, I watched and I was so impressed uh, on uh, your Swiss 21 analytics in the basket in basketball winning in the margins. Yeah. Um, as you were studying and learning about these things, um, whatever it may be, what was something that still maybe to this day, you're like, man, I can't believe other coaches aren't doing this. I can't believe like whether it's the, the play, playing with two fouls, the I love the fouling at the front end of the one-on-one in late yes. game situations. I think that's brilliant yeah, because yeah. no coaches as soon as like as soon as I would touch the ball, foul me, <laughs> 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 foul the guy. <laughs> um, but is there is there anything that you just like, man? I, wow, I can't believe like the stat stats show that this is a much better solution that no one else is still doing this old school thing that that doesn't really work <laughs> the, the the two foul participation is, is probably uh it, it's probably the main one uh, just in terms of like if you think about it right the game's 40 minutes right the game's 40 minutes long and there's a lot of coaches that you play that if their guy picks up two fouls no matter when in the first half they're just they're parking them till halftime you know and and the way that i think about it is the second half isn't more important than the first half like if you're down by 12 at halftime what good does it do to have this guy, you know, for 20 minutes if he played and, and you like, and part of it's different. If, you know, there's a guy that you think is going to hack all the time, you might need to take him out for a little bit, but I would even play my bigs with two fouls in the first half. And because uh, there's a lot of times they get two fouls in the first, let's say the first 10 minutes of the game, you sit them for 10 minutes and they don't pick up any fouls in the second half. Right, so yeah. they finish the game with two fouls. And it's like, you just wasted 10 minutes of having one of your better players on the floor because you thought, that you can only have two fouls going into halftime. Like that doesn't make sense to me. So that's an area where we've always tried to, to be really aggressive with. And I mean, there's probably only been one time in my three years where one of those guys that we played through two fouls in the first half has actually fouled out. It, it just doesn't mm. happen yeah. as often as you might think. And again, there's, there's going to be moments where there's certain players that are maybe more foul prone that you have to be a little more careful with, but uh, it, it's just the auto bench. We call it the auto bench. Like, well, we kind of know going into games if the other staff auto benches guys or not. And it's something that we think about with our play calls and oh, kind of wow. what we do and what we're going at. You know, if we see one of their better players has one foul, 
early in the game. We're going to go at him, try to get him to pick up a second, knowing that he's going to be sitting on the bench for the rest of the first half. Uh, but that, yeah, that one sticks out to me as, as one of the things that I think people get a little too cautious in regards to, uh, you know, trying to protect their players. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was, uh, yeah, I was like, I was locked in. I was like, man, this is so good. Such good <laughs> stuff that I'd never even, never even thought about. Um, all right, let's switch, let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah, well, ask sure. you, what is a, as a coach, what is a pet peeve of yours? Because I know one of my coaches in, uh, in Greece, and I get it, he hated, he absolutely hated when you gave up an offensive rebound on a free throw. That was like, he wanted to kick your teeth in. <laughs> Get that, man. That, that's one of them. That's one of them for sure. <laughs> you know, we, uh, Coach Jonathan Sapphire, who's going to join me here on our staff, is uh, he's my right-hand man when it comes to all this. And he actually coached the rebounding for us last year at San Francisco. And then you, you'll be able to ask him when he, when, when he gets here on campus about how some of my reactions to some of the rebounds we gave up over the year. And I'm a, I'm a pretty good players coach. Like, I don't usually rip on the guys too much, but – uh, I gave him some dirty looks sometimes during the games when some of these guys are giving up offensive rebounds, like he had anything to do with it, right? Like it was his fault. Right. That, anything happened. But that, fault. that was, that was a way for me to kind of take out my frustration. Um, you know, one of the things that, that bothers me and we're pretty scout specific in terms of personnel and, and what we want to do. Fouling jump up, shooters. And, or giving up threes. Just like we're, we're in no threes defense. And, and so like, if I feel like there's a, a guy that's a driller and, uh, you know, our whole scout is no threes. Yeah. If, if you give up a three to them, that's like, that's just not doing your job. Like right. it, it's just not. And so uh, just little things like that, where I feel like the stuff that you can control, if you don't do it, that those, those upset me. Like you could ask any of my players at San Francisco over three years, I've never said anything to a guy about taking shots. Never have. Like, and even if, even if it's a bad shot, as long as they're playing hard defensively, getting on the glass, taking care of the rock, like I'm not going to say anything to you, but defensively if you let a guy raise up and shoot a three when I've made it very clear that I don't want him taking one I'm going to let you hear about that and and so those are those are the little things like the things that you can control to an extent those those are more the things that I get upset about not if a guy's taking shots and he misses like I I think coaches that yell at guys for that don't really understand the game of basketball you know nobody's shooting to miss um, but you can control if a guy gets a three off or not Uh, so that's something that you kind of pick up from uh, coach Pearl because he was very and he said it many times, like, I'm not going to tell my guys to not shoot my guards to not shoot, not take shots. You know, I want them to play free. I don't want them looking at the bench and thinking, oh, because I, I think a great defensive effort and execution can cover a multitude of, of you know, because balls go in and out. You know, you're not, yeah. not going to get an excellent shot every time. But, you know, giving up, you know, the, uh, giving up on the not the things that you don't compromise on, like if it's yep. takeaway threes it's closed out to make him a driver. <laughs> exactly. It is, it's make it, him get make inside him, the three and make him finish him over our picks, you know? Uh, but yeah, Bruce was great that way. I mean, talk about freedom. Those guys had the ultimate green light. And uh, I think, you know, you, you, you can sense that when guys feel that confidence and they understand, like, like I, I was a shooter when I played. I, I wasn't a great player by any means, but I was a perimeter shooter. And uh, I always remember that I would be – felt more comfortable when I had green light, you know, just like we know the deal. And so when guys are out there playing a little more carefree, they're going to make more shots. They're just not going to stress it as much. So it's definitely something that uh, I'll, I'll carry here as well. You know, uh, as, as we close up here, um, you know, what are outside of basketball, like when the year, when the year's over 
you know, well, actually, I wanted to ask you something else before that. You okay. know, I, I talked, I talked to uh, Denver briefly. Okay. Um, when he he gave me a call and said, "Hey, this is who we're hiring as a coach," I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." I was like, "What? What was it about coach that made him like stand out?" I don't have no idea who else they interviewed, but he was just like, after interview, they just knew it was just like, just like those things. Like I'm sure when you met your wife, you're like <laughs> when you know, you know. You know right. what do you think it was that you brought that just it, obviously you don't know what else anybody else said in those interviews and when you got like what what was it about you think about you and what you bring that fits into this the 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 mindset and the vision for Florida basketball because obviously when they knew they knew and you're the guy you know I think uh when when I talked to Scott and uh and Linda and Chip and Duke and everybody on the committee and then obviously Scott and I had multiple conversations uh you know just and he mentioned it yesterday you know I really this was the job Pat this was a job that once it came open um, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get involved uh, when it happened, but my my wife, I told my wife, I was like, man, if we could, if we can get in the mix here, like this is where we need to be. And she totally agreed. And I think wow. the excitement of, of um, you know, just being so grateful for the opportunity, the excitement of, you know, the future and what we're going to potentially be able to build here. Uh, I feel like we have a pretty good blueprint of the way we will be able to do it. And uh, you know, we have, we're good people, man. We work hard. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think they just appreciated that excitement of like, you know, the past couple of years here, I feel like this program has been beaten down a little bit, right? Like there's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's been criticized and coach White did a good job, man, went to tournaments, you know, but just didn't get it all the way to where you guys had it. And uh, I, there was just some uh, disappointment. And, and I think there was just, I just brought, I bring energy, man. That's what I yeah. do. And, and I think that's something that they appreciated and, and knowing the way. And I said this in my press conference, like, I'm good with the expectations. I'm good with it. Like if, if we don't do what we're capable of doing, I'm good with you in a couple of years saying, Hey, Todd, we love you, man, but you just weren't the guy for the job. We need somebody to get it back to that level. Like that's, that's how you should think here. That yeah. this is one of those jobs. Who'd you sign said, up like, for? <laughs> it's it. Like it's, I don't, I don't, I feel like I could recruit here at the same level that I could at UCLA, Kansas, Duke, you know, like this is one of those opportunities. And, yeah. uh, you know, so just having kind of that vision and that mentality of, of what we're going to be able to do, um, you know, and there's no guarantees, but I, I feel pretty good about it, man. I feel pretty good, you know, that we'll be able to work our tails off to, to get ourselves close to, to getting it back to that level. That's awesome. That's, that's, uh, that's so encouraging. I'll ask you just a, a few quick hitters. Sure. Uh, so I know, uh, so what, when the season's over, what is like the ideal vacation or thing that you do with the fam? Are you asking for my ideal vacation or my <laughs> wife's or my wife's ideal asking, vacation? Both, both. <laughs> uh, pro- probably somewhere near a body of water that has really nice golf courses. Uh, I think I, oh, I you like play to a little golf. golf. I like to golf, man. I do. Uh, I'm just okay. You know, in the summers, I get a little better when I have a little more time to play. Um, but that, that's something that I have a lot of passion to do. Um, and we're, we like to hit the coast. Obviously, we, we spent some time in San Diego. That's like, it's a really nice town uh in southern california with great beaches and great golf but uh we're pretty simple people man just somewhere that we can get a little bit of sun get some good food get to the pool and uh you know just chill a little bit i think uh mary wise's uh golf tournament's coming up here soon at the if you have time if you can fit uh, it in there i will uh, i'll be up there in a heartbeat i can hit it a mile i'm not great <laughs> i'm sure you can i bet you can hit it about 400 miles man <laughs> uh favorite food favorite dish chicken wings 
Oh, is there uh, of course, there's a wing stop in Gainesville. Yeah, I think uh, I think Tim Tim Tebow has his restaurant there in Gainesville. You got to check that out. Uh, okay. You already said your music, the music choice. Um, Were you surprised by that? Did you think I was like a alternative guy? What do you think, man? Oh, you know, I was thinking maybe maybe there'd be like a little bit of uh, maybe the Eagles in there <laughs> or some Hall. Maybe. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's part of like what, one of the things that I enjoyed the most uh, with my time at USF, and I'm going to do it here with these guys, too, is like I and I know it doesn't look like it, but I work out with the guys. So like when they're doing their weightlifting and stuff, I'll be in there. I, you know, I'm not pushing the same weight that they are, but we got the music on in there. Uh, we're having a great time. And obviously just being around those guys and, and experiencing the music that they're listening to. Uh, you know, when you can rap with them a little bit, I think it kind yeah, of yeah, gives yeah. a little more street cred with the guys knowing that you're you know, on the same page with them. And uh, it, it's just, a, it, you know what it is? It's another opportunity to spend time with them. You get yeah. another hour where they're in there working. They see you in there. They know it matters to you. They're getting better. And, uh, you know, it's another four or five hours a week that you can be with your team. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm hoping uh, I'll get to meet, meet your new guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he'll be able to put me through when I come up there, put me through a workout or two, uh, to see what, what he's got going on. But because uh, I love it. I love it. I love getting a chance to. I don't do it as much as I used to. Sure. Um, but because uh, I'm not playing for anything, uh, anymore, <laughs> just just to stay in shape and, and look like I can pick up a truck. I can't actually do it, but I look like it. Uh, but coach, I want to thank you so much for your time. Sure. Um, really hope that we can, I can get a chance to continue to talk with you more and um, help you in any way that you need. I really lean on Dan Cross. He's a guy that's doing all his AAU camps and stuff like he he's got a great eye for talent. Uh, awesome. I know you chatted with him a little bit, but yeah, yeah thank, thank you so much. Um, hoping that you can get some rest in the midst of all of this. Thank you. And um, <laughs> man, we're, everyone's excited. I know you're thoroughly excited, but uh, yeah. more importantly, you're ready to get to work. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's a, uh, it's great talking to you, man. And uh, first of all, thank you for all your support. It means a lot. Yeah. And uh, like I've told you, man, it's really important to me that you guys, you know, want to come back a lot and be around our guys. And I, I think it's something that can't be sold enough, you know, especially over the last 20 years, what you guys have been able to do. And the more that you guys are around our team, uh, I, I think it's going to help us continue to raise the bar in terms of, you know, what they expect from themselves and what we can achieve as a program. Absolutely. Well, God bless, Coach. I appreciate hey. you. You have a great rest of your day. Everyone that My was young and the rowdies, your head coach of the Florida Gators, Todd Golden. For the oh, golden era. Let's go, Let's baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs>